Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Jungle Show. Today we are here to talk about Auburn's massive, massive victory over the Indiana Hoosiers in State Farm Arena in Atlanta and the holiday hoopsgiving by a score of 104 to 76. I'm sorry, I'll just say that one more time. 104 to 76 against the Indiana Hoosiers team. Again, we're talking about Auburn here. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to just be getting going off on a tangent. I know I'm going to be doing that a lot this episode because I've got a little bit of pep in my step after watching that Auburn basketball team and watching that game. I honestly have not watched an Auburn basketball team look that dominant and that impressive against an opponent like Indiana. And I know Indiana isn't what we um, you know, have seen from Indiana in the past, you know, for half a century or something like that, but you know, it, it's still Indiana and that was still a really good basketball team. And Indiana is going to compete this year in the big 10 and like Auburn just absolutely straight up wiped it outside of the first five minutes where Indiana just made three after three after three, which were one of the worst in the country for doing so Auburn just dominated this game. And I'm already getting into it. We haven't even gone through, I haven't even gone through the full intro. I haven't even introduced my co-host. <laughs> Once again, I've got my dad and co-host again, dad. Um, I, this is, I'm just going to let you go on tangents too. We're just going to, this is kind of going to be a very random episode of this podcast. It's going to be a very, um, I'd say off kilter episode, you know, nor normally we are, you know, I'd say fairly scheduled at least keeping, yeah, keeping ourselves in check, you know, going, watching the time, not going too long, not cutting it too short, you know, staying on topic and that sort of thing. This one, if that's your thing, if structure is your thing, you go ahead and step off this podcast right now because <laughs> I'm going to be everywhere. I know you're going to be everywhere. We got a lot to talk about about this game. How in the world did Indiana score 76 points? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not what I want to talk about. Uh, yeah, you're right. So, so Auburn started off the game going down 22 to 10, and you and I were eating lunch in a, in a restaurant during that, and it was like, um, what in the world is going on? This is a bad shooting Indiana team and they made their first fourth four out of their first five three pointers. Yeah. Um but when you watch the very first set that Auburn ran and you watch them run a set for Aiden to come off of a high screen at the middle of the floor and and you watch how Indiana was going to guard that. Uh, yeah. They're going to drop coverage because they'd rather us beat them from three than let Janai beat them. And at that point you realize, Hey, we're going to get a lot of open looks and we shoot really well in that arena. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, that first play, and they, we, we ran a very normal flex cut set to get Aiden an open three. And he's never been that open. I promise you, Aiden, you will not be that open again. No. Um, because there's not a team that we play left in our schedule that's going to leave you that open. I don't know what Indiana was thinking. I don't know what their scouting report was on Aiden Holloway. But you mentioned that first possession. You mentioned that that set that we ran for Aiden. Even that very next time he shot the ball, it was wide open. They just left him after Janai grabbed an offensive rebound. They, they just left him in the corner wide open, and he buried it again. And it was at that point I was like, okay, what – Aiden's shooting the ball. Aiden's shooting the ball well. It doesn't look like Indiana knows it yet. I don't know. We've just got to hope they got us. They start missing. So, 
I believe I know what their thought was. They had watched the film of the Appalachian State game. They knew if they could stop Janai Broom, which, by the way, they did. He was held to two points on a goaltend. He didn't even see the ball go through the net when he was shooting it. And they thought if we can stop him, they won't shoot. They're not very good from outside. Well, (laughs) I think we proved that that App State game was an anomaly. And, And now if we can shoot even close to that, that was real. I mean, we made a lot of threes. If we can shoot even close to that going forward, teams are going to have to come out on Aiden. They're going to have to respect Denver. And all of a sudden, what does that open? What does that do? It gives Janai more looks. Yeah. Because they were playing drop coverage. When he was setting a screen, that big guy was dropping. He was not going to let us throw it in to Janai on the roll. Well, if you sit, run drop coverage, that. <laughs> That's going to be an open shot. And you just have to knock them down. And, and to their point at Western, at Western Carolina or wherever we were app state, yeah, app state, uh, we didn't knock them down and we had open looks and boy, did we ever Saturday afternoon. You know, you, you talked about the way Janai played and first of all, I don't want to say Janai went one of six and had two points. He did not play bad. He he was no, not a no, I don't he mean he's not struggling in this game. You know, he didn't get to the free throw line, which we've we haven't Thank really God. seen from Janai last or, or recently. He's he's been very good about getting to the free throw line. Not uh, a good shooter. He has man. struggled to continue to knock those down at the free throw line. But that's that's not my point. Uh, my point that I'm trying to make is yes, this team it, if you prove to especially the teams in the SEC, but the, the remainder teams on your schedule, you prove to them that you can win a game like this the way you did, shooting the ball the way you did with your best player, Janai Broom, scoring two points. It's it's going to completely change your offense. And you talked about the drop coverage that they were playing on Janai Broom. And it it, it really does – not only does it open up things for other players, but Janai, you, you know, you, you could tell Janai was getting frustrated with the way that it, the ball wasn't going in. He had a couple that just rolled around and out, and he had a couple that he thought he had the offensive rebound, but the seven-footer, Keller, well, I don't know his name, um, the seven-footer for Indiana came out of nowhere and, and snagged it. But it – I, I'm telling you, it changes your entire offense, which changes your entire team. And when you can do that, have a game like this, which you I scored two points. And I'm not saying he played bad, but you can do that without his production offensively. After proving that you can win with Janai, having 30 and 13 like he did against Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. it, it just completely changes – the way you think about this Auburn basketball team, because I was starting to, after the past two games, after watching um, Virginia Tech, even though we win that game, and after watching Appalachian State, it was like, wow, this looks a lot like last year. Yeah, This looks a lot like last year. This team was not last year's team. This team looked a little bit more like 2019. And yeah, that's- you saw the – you and I spoke about it after the last two games, 
in order to guard Auburn, you you drop back in a zone and you nobody gets outside the lane. Mm-hmm. And you just make sure Janai doesn't do anything. And then you keep you keep uh stacking that coverage inside the lane and because Auburn's not gonna beat you from outside. Well, we came out in this game Saturday and we made it early and often letting them know that we were not only going to beat them from long range, but, but our point guard now was going to take it to the basket. Oh, and by the way, our two guard, KD Johnson was going to attack the basket like a crazed maniac, which is what I love to see. And, and Chad Beckham Rizar is going to attack and hit those 15, 16 foot jump shots that are beautiful. He's very good at that. And Denver Jones, hey, he got hot again too. What do you know? And what that does is it just creates more problems for future opponents as they look and they go, okay, we can't just stop Janai. Because Indiana stopped Janai. He he didn't play a bad game. He had two points. He had seven boards, three assists, two steals, and two blocks. So, I mean, he he played a good game. We just proved that we can play with him or without him having a scoring game. Yeah. So talking more about, and we're going to go through and talk about all the individual players and, you know, less about Janai um, and, and talk about the individual players who played unbelievable, including Aiden. I know we've touched on him a little bit already, um, but also the guys you just mentioned. But I want to talk about this game as a whole. Uh can you and I, this is a, this is more of a question uh, towards you, Dad? I, can you think of a game where Auburn has looked more dominant and more in control, and I mean in all facets of the game, playing well on uh, both sides of the ball, shooting the ball incredibly well, even though their star player didn't play as well? Can you think of a game like? this against a team like Indiana and not, I'm not talking about teams like Alabama A&M who you're just going to wipe the floor with who doesn't don't belong in the same court as you. Indiana is a very good basketball team and does belong in the same court as you. Can you think of a game where Auburn has been as dominant on both sides of the floor since that 2019 run with that SEC tournament and, um, and final four run? You were talking when we spoke I guess last night after we got home and each were able to watch the game on TV um, and you were comparing it to the 2019 uh, SEC championship game with, with Tennessee that we ran them off the floor. Yeah. I don't know that I've seen us play a complete game like we played and, and just completely take uh, the, the heart of the other team. We, we have flipped the score. So it was 22 to 10 about midway through the first half. We, we had come back and we had taken a five point lead and we got the ball. And the next time Indiana touched the ball in their half of the court, we were ahead by 12. We added seven points before they even touched the ball on their half of the court again. And I, I, you look, you look in those kids eyes and they're like, what in the world just happened? I haven't seen a team playing Auburn look like they just got demoralized like that team did. 
and Indiana is not a bad team. They were seven and one. They're not great. They're not, like you said, they're not Bob Knight, Indiana from years ago. Uh, they're not the Indiana team that we played before in the tournament that ended up winning the championship. Uh, but, but they're not a bad team. They've, they've got bigs. They're, they struggle with their guard play. And we just, we knew that going in. We knew that there weren't going to be really good shooters. Uh, yes, they made four of their first five, but I don't think they made another three until late in the game or late, like in the second half. It was, they kind of regressed to the mean. But no, I don't remember us damaging a team like we did Indiana the other day, except maybe Nebraska in Atlanta. Yeah. I, but they weren't I, as good as say, Indiana. That's what I was about to say. Uh, talking about thinking about teams that you played like Indiana. Like a program like Indiana, and it's not Luke not was. just in like Neville, not, not just like in in Neville Arena, but especially on a neutral site where it was a very neutral site. You know, you think about Auburn in Atlanta, you were like, well, I probably Auburn's going to have most of the people there. That was not the case. Indiana fans travel. Indiana basketball fans are real. They are real. They're like Kentucky um, fans. I yeah, and and they will just go anywhere to watch their team play, and they just. Auburn just demoralized him. I think uh, it was interesting game. that Hokinson put out a tweet right before the game because everybody was like, man, there are a lot of Indiana fans. That's crimson and cream all over the place here. And Hokinson had talked to one of their beat writers, and the guy said Atlanta is their second biggest market for alumni, second biggest alumni base. I'm guessing Indianapolis is probably their first. But Atlanta's number two, and they showed it. There was yeah. a lot of red, a lot of orange. It, look, you could hear on free throws, you could hear the Auburn fans uh, do the chant. Yeah. Um, and then the further we got ahead, the louder the Auburn fans became and the and they fewer the Indiana fans were in there. Yeah, and you know, you, you say that. You mentioned the fact that it, Atlanta's so big for Indiana fans and how – Awesome it was to be able to see their team play in, in State Farm Arena in Atlanta. And Hubbard just came in and ruined it and ruined their day. And, and back to my point, because I'm sorry, we're everywhere. We haven't even talked about the individual players that I want to talk about. One in particular that I'm very excited to talk yeah, about, I know who you're especially. Um, the <laughs> What was I going to say? Goodness gracious. We I've been ruined their day. Yeah, we they were. They thought Indiana fans came into that game thinking we are going to get a W. We're yes. seven and one. We're Indiana. We're in front of a at least neutral, if not pro Indiana crowd. And they thought we are a football school. They came yeah. in thinking, oh, we're Auburn, that's a football school. We should be able to win. I know they went to that final four on that fluke year, that one year, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever. whatever. We're Indiana. We're going to come in and win. And Auburn just punched them in the mouth and kicked them, kicked them in the butt and went and shoved them in the locker and shoved the locker close. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was funny to watch. And, and back to my original point, there has not been a game like that where you've just buried a team like Indiana like that since you buried North Carolina in the Sweet 16 and mm. the Final Four run. I, I'm sorry, you haven't had a game like that where you've shot that well, played that well defensively against a team and a program like mm. Indiana 
since you buried North Carolina in the Final Four run, which I could tell you as a, from experience as a as a North Carolina basketball follower and fan, people still talk about to this day yeah. as yeah. North Carolina fans. They still do. So, They're still like, oh well, <laughs> I don't want to play Auburn in anything. Because the year before Auburn beat him in baseball, and yeah. and then the next year, or in the in the super regionals in baseball, and then the next year Auburn beats him in the Sweet Sixteen in basketball. We were scheduled to play them in football in 2020 before COVID. I bet yeah. they, they were terrified. They were terrified. They, they don't want to play Auburn. They don't want anything to do with Auburn. I guarantee Indiana fans will think like North Carolina fans from now on yeah, because they, that they don't want to see that again. The uh just the the mystique of indiana bruce pearl even mentioned i think on tiger talk last week that he was honored to be on the floor with with a with a team like indiana they take basketball seriously like we take football seriously yes. they just do that's that's who they are they are a blue blood they're true blue blood in basketball uh, they've won multiple national titles. They have a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, that, and look, I don't think the coach that they had that they have now is that bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's building a program. He's a former Hawks coach, coach, coach in that arena for six years. Um, so I don't think he's a bad coach. I just think he's he's got two big guys that can play, and a bunch of guards that struggle and. Let's let's be honest. His point guard was out, but it didn't make twenty eight points difference. <laughs> uh, it it just didn't. And Auburn just dominated on every level. They were more physical than Indiana was. That Indiana players talked about that. We were faster, more athletic. Jimmy Dykes kept saying, "This is SEC athleticism on display," and it's one through ten. there's not a break and and we played 11 leor played and played well Mm -hmm. but leor isn't gonna wow you with his sec athleticism the other 10 guys do yeah yeah you're you're 100 right so let's let's go ahead and get into talking about those 10 guys we've talked about how important this game was we talked about how impressive this game and how dominant this game was Let's talk about uh, in, individual players that, that really stuck out. You know, we, we kind of touched on Aiden Holloway and the importance of him finding his jumper again yes. and finding it in an arena like that in like a, in a pro style arena. I don't know what it is. I don't know if, if you've ever shot a basketball in a pro arena, it's different than any other. It's different than shooting in the driveway, mm-hmm. never to shoot in a college arena. There's different different in shooting in a high school gym, whether you're shooting on the side goals or, or what, who cares? It's just different. Mm-hmm. And it gives them confidence and it, it helps. It helps moving forward. We saw that. That's exactly this game right here against Nebraska is exactly when Jabari Smith started to look like Jabari Smith. It's exactly when Katie Johnson started to look like Katie Johnson in 2021. It's just. And 2023. Yeah. It just helps. It just helps. And we kind of saw that from Aiden Holloway. I think Aiden Holloway's uh, now on the push for SEC freshman of the year because he won his SEC freshman of the league. He he keeps playing like this. He keeps directing the offense like this. I know he had he had two assists, he had zero turnovers, but he had 24 points. He was absolutely outstanding uh offensively, and he's just a weapon. 
He really is. I wish he'd push the ball on fast breaks a little more. Uh, I see a tendency for him to slow it up. Um, Especially in a game like that where they're, you you mentioned Indiana's guards weren't as good. I wish he would take advantage of that a little more. I know he took 24 points advantage of it, (laughs) but I wish he would have. He very easily, and we're going to talk about this for a lot of guys on the, uh, that we're going to talk about. He very easily could have had a 35 point advantage there yeah, or a 40 point advantage there because he's that type of player. So, but that's the difference in year one versus year two. When we put Trey Donaldson in, everything runs faster. Not that Trey Donaldson is better than Aiden. That's not at all what I'm saying. But when you're talking about pushing the ball, Trey's got a little bit more confidence after playing a year in the system. Yeah. to be able to push it. And and when that second unit steps on the floor, they're flying up and down the court. The slowest guy is Dylan and he's not and he's a fast big man, athletic big man. But but getting back to to Trey, two things I wanted to point about out about Aiden. Trey. The drive in the first half where he got fouled where he got fouled, Aiden, I'm sorry, Aiden. Yeah. The drive to the bucket, I was screaming at the TV, please drive to the goal. Don't just settle for threes. You can get in the lane and cause havoc. We did. He drove down the left side of the lane. He got fouled. They didn't call it, but he absorbed the contact and put it off the glass and it went in. And then I guess it it was, it was in the second half. He had a, uh, a guy guarding him that no way the guy could stay in front of him. Aiden went between the legs took two dribbles to his right and put on the air brakes and came to a screeching halt and stepped back and hit about a 17 footer. So it was so impressive. Not that he did that, but watching the defender completely turn around. Like he he did, he did the, what was it with Gus Malzahn had the fullback do the little spinny move in the backfield. Oh, the uh, Cox cat. Uh, yeah, the Cox cat. he did the Cox cat on the basketball court without meaning to. He didn't know where Aiden was, and Aiden's holding his hand up. That he just followed through on a jump shot that hit nothing but the bottom of the net. That's a pro. Pro. Both of those are NBA moves. He's got those le- that level of skill, and he keeps shooting. He's he's hard to guard. Absolutely. Hundred percent. So you mentioned uh, Trey when you were kind of talking about the difference, and you kind of talk about how Trey has more confidence to be able to push the ball up the court. Let's talk about Trey for just a second, because one of the things that I think uh, you can look at the stat sheet and kind of you know, directly align that with what you're talking about. Trey had seven defensive rebounds in this game, mm-hmm. and, and he had ten points, buried two threes. He also had three assists and zero turnovers. So I think Trey's ability to get on the boards and immediately push the offense is what helps him even more than him having that extra year because he's able to get it and immediately go. He doesn't have to, you know, let Janai or Dylan or somebody else to get it and then find him, get the ball and then push it. But not only he can get it and he's not only like, waiting on Janai or Dylan to come back as well because he had hit it up get up the floor for an outlet pass. Trey's going with all five. And I, I, 
I think Aiden's a more refined basketball player. I think mm-hmm. Trey's a better athlete, and he's much bigger in size. So I think him going downhill and with guys like Baker Mazzara, who's long as heck, and Katie Johnson, who played one of his, if not his, best game against Indiana, um, and then guys like Cardwell, who is just SEC athlete senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he talked about Cheney Johnson, who who didn't play much in this game for a specific reason, um, but also an unbelievable athlete. I think that second group, led by Trey, is just is going to be the difference in us being sixth or seventh in the SEC to us probably or this team, the team that we watched against Indiana, has every chance at every every opportunity to hang an SEC championship banner this in February because or and in March because of how good that second group is led by Trey Donaldson. That that second group comes in and you got to think okay the other team has five starters two of them are seven or one of them seven footer one of them six nine or six ten but plays inside and they don't have that coming off the bench. Our second unit, you asked, Aiden Holloway mentioned this last week. He said, we consider that we have 10 starters, and they do. Any one of those could start at any point in time, but you, you can't – you, you, most teams aren't going to be able to have a second unit that can match up with that, and you're right. Trey is more physical than most, especially most second team point guards. He's going to be more physical, stronger, and he can get in rebound with the best of them. And he does a very good job of looking up court and passing it ahead. Mm -hmm. He passed it ahead for KD Johnson's reverse layup where KD got up and ran into the crowd. Mm -hmm. Um, He's that second unit as I think you talked about them as a whole. That second unit is, it, like you said, it's the different. It's going to be the difference winning at least two or three games this year. I don't know which ones oh, they least, are, yeah. but at least two or three games, that second unit makes a difference because not everybody goes 10 deep. Mm-hmm. And Bruce goes 11 deep because he trusts Leor, obviously, because yeah. uh, Chaney Johnson was in foul trouble, so Leor was playing. And Leor buried a three which is what he's there for and plays defense well enough. Yeah. He plays efficiently. Yeah. Can we talk about the MVP of the game? You know, we've waited what 27 minutes in this podcast <laughs> before I mentioned Jalen Williams's name. Um, and that that's impressive because I didn't think that was going to happen. First of all. Um, and second of all, we were able to talk for 27 minutes about a game where Auburn won and we didn't mention Jalen Williams' name, who had 24 points and seven assists and six rebounds and two steals and a block. It was plus 32, plus minus. Plus 32. He was Look, plus 32. I want everybody watching this. You know, wait till you Let's wait, say. or everybody listening Let's to this. Yeah. That to know. And you can fact check it by going back and looking and listening to all of our podcasts so far this year. Because we haven't seen this uh, Jalen Williams break out yet. And I was just telling you and, and telling everybody 
this whole time, there's look, guys, there's going to be a game where Jalen breaks out, and then he's he's going to get his confidence, and then he's going to be efficient. Um, a, there isn't more of a perfect example to my point than, the, than this like game that. right here. Jalen Williams, by far the MVP of the game. He was outstanding offensively and defensively. He had 24 points, just like I mentioned. Six, six rebounds, seven assists. Should have had two blocks because one of them was not. If he got called for a foul, it was that was a horrible call. He blocked the seven-footer, and they called a foul just because he blocked the seven-footer. But, bad. okay, I'll, I digress. Um, I, was, I, he was unbelievable. He was everywhere. He was everywhere. And I said, Jalen's going to have a breakout game, and then he's going to be like a – uh, a 15 and nine or a 17 and eight guy over and over and over again. Just watch, just watch. This is like the, the Brian Harson um, oh. uh, tunnel video. Just watch, except this one's going to be good because Jalen yeah. Williams, <laughs> this one's going to be a good product. Um, Let's not bring the armor up. Jalen Williams was outstanding. He was, he was outstanding great. in this game. And I don't know. I, I guess we just need to go ahead and hire Chris Tucker to be on the sidelines for every game <laughs> yeah. because uh, Jalen Williams did tweet out after the game, Chris Tucker on the sidelines had me going. Uh, and then lit. It, it did. Yeah. It did because he was incredible. I There's not much else I can say about him besides, yeah, he won SEC Player of the Week and he had – there's not a player in the SEC that looked better than Jalen Williams this week than Jalen Williams did in that game against Indiana. So he had, we talk about him as our Swiss army knife because he can do a little bit of everything. So he had 24 points. He was two of four from three. He had six rebounds, seven assists, one block, one steal was plus 32. That's what we mean when we say he's the, the uh, Swiss army knife of a team. He has been not good this year. But we've kept saying at some point he's got to break out. Well, you take him into Atlanta and you put him in front of whatever the guy's name is. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. can't disrespect Chris Tucker. I'm sorry. I won't anymore because (laughs) I want him at Neville Arena for the start of the SEC season, and I want him to travel with us to Arkansas the first game. Mm-hmm. Also, um, you you and I noticed something right away in the game Saturday about Jalen Williams, is that this was headband Jalen Williams. Yeah, he's never allowed he not to wear that headband ever. Again. He, he, he he understands worn that. It. I hope I hope he understands that because he's worn it in the past and has been very good on it, mm-hmm. and he's not worn it in the past and been very good on it. He hasn't worn it yet this year. He hasn't worn it yet this year. We've been waiting for a breakout game. He wears it in this game. Puts the headband on for almost has a triple double. Yeah, he puts the headband on, scores 24. I, I think it's uh, definitely the the thing if we have to if, stitch it to his head. Yeah, that's, I, the, that's the, a possibility. There's no reason he should take it off even to go to class. No, he ought to walk around with that headband on everywhere he goes. <laughs> if we have to buy him some extras, I'd be willing to purchase extra headbands for Absolutely, him. yes. Because because what he did, uh, what he did at the four, and and I don't 
I, I know you probably did notice it. No people out there probably did notice it. But did you notice that Bruce Pearl had him guarding the seven footer yeah. because their seven footer is more of a shooter. Yeah. And, and, and Janai was guarding their inside four man. So he switched that up and Jalen drove the seven footer crazy because he's quicker than that kid is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he can take it down inside and, and bang, he's more physical than that guy is. Yeah. Um, Hey, Alabama, I'm looking at you. You're only big guys a shooter. Uh, yeah, so I don't understand. We're going to put Jalen on him, too. Alabama is – yeah, hey, Grant Nelson – I'm sorry. I don't want to be talking about the team yeah, across the state sorry. in this podcast. Um, no, you're – I just – I'm blown away by the way the game Jalen had. It was his best game of his college career, and that's saying a lot. So. Because Jalen has had some unbelievable basketball games as an Auburn Tiger. Obviously, he's the all-time winningest player to ever wear Auburn across his chest. Um, So, and that that really is saying something. But he looked like a pro basketball player in this game. Yes. Uh, He he was a pro a Saturday. He was a pro player in a pro arena. And... And he showed that if he's aggressive and he has confidence, he's the best player. He's out the there. best player on the floor. Yes. And he's, he was the best player on the floor Saturday and I'm including Aiden. Aiden was great. Jalen was the best player on the floor. That's why he won player of the week in the sec. Yes. And, and if he's just aggressive and gets that shot going from outside, he is really hard to guard. And they tried to zone us a couple times, and that's not going to work. Our our mm-hmm. bigs are too good against the zone. Teams are not going to be able to zone us. Yeah. Now, yeah. we're not going to always shoot like that, so we're going to need to have Janai and Jalen have big games. I'd like to see Jalen give us 15 and 8 every night. I think Janai is basically a double-double most nights. He wasn't Saturday, um, but they were focused on taking him away. Yeah. One thing I do before we get off of this one, I do want to mention a lineup that I had not seen before. We played Janai with Dylan Carbwell. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. They've got two bigs that are physical, and we put our both our bigs in the game at the same time. And like I said, I don't think I've ever seen – since Janai's been here at the beginning of last year, they've always flip-flopped. They've always subbed in and out for each other. I've never seen them on the floor at the same time. I like it. I like him experimenting with that lineup, and and I like to see him uh, – I'd like to see him maybe use that some more because uh, that's a good rebounding lineup, man. That's a big group of boys. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. So before we kind of wrap this one up as best as we can – um, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of it just now of, you know, you talked about seeing Cardwell and Broom out there at the same time because of the matchup that Indiana had. And then you talk about why, how Jalen was on their big guy because of the matchup that Indiana had. And we talk about uh, zone didn't work against us because of how good we were offensively, how good our inbounds plays were, how good yeah. we were guarding the inbounds plays, the press was outstanding. You talked about when we were up five, then the next time Indiana had the ball on their side of the court, we were up 12. It's because the press was outstanding. Oh, and then right before they got – we were up, what, 10? And then right before 
they were going to get it across and then we backed off the press and it kind of, they kind of looked shocked and they were like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll take it up now. Just take play offense. And then we trapped them and got a steal. Yeah. <laughs> you Brilliant can, coaching. It's, it's hard to, t- it's, it's going to be hard to tell me. And I know there, there's a, is a long list considering it's his 10th year here. There's a, it's going to be hard to tell me and to convince me that that wasn't Bruce Pearl's best game as Auburn's head basketball coach. Scheme-wise, matchup-wise, lineups-wise, results-wise, against a team like Indiana, against a former NBA coach with the, with the with the type of team that they had. I, I Look, I know their guards weren't as good. We were going to play much better guards. That's a really good Indiana team. Bruce wiped the floor with Mike Woodson. Wiped the floor with him. And I it's hard to tell. It's definitely top five, maybe top three. And I, right now it's looking like one for if you, his if best you coach out, game. If you take yeah. out the 2019 tournament run, I, I I would tend to tend to agree with you. Although his run in the SEC tournament, when he didn't have when Simeon Bowers was his point guard mm-hmm. and KT Harrell was the shooter because he didn't have anything that may have been a better uh coach but but you're you're correct he's starting to get pieces that that he wants to play together and figure out how to use them and and fans have been on him from the beginning this year about why hasn't why isn't Aiden starting? Why is why isn't what's what's he doing with the lineup? Why is he changing the lineup? This is why so that he knows, okay, I'm going to back off the press this time and they're not going to expect it and I'm going to trap him. Or we're going to come out of a timeout and I'm going to be in a 1-3-1 zone and they're not going to know what to do. Yeah. Or I, I'm going to really press. He always has people in the backcourt with him, but usually once that first pass is thrown in, we back mm-hmm. off. We didn't against Indiana because he knew, he knew that their guards were struggling with it and they struggle yeah and uh, his inbound plays and his guarding the inbounds plays are as good as anybody in the country 100 100 so I, I would agree that it was, was really well coached it was unbelievable to watch honestly this was one of the most fun i've ever watched uh, uh one of the most fun i've watched or ha- having blah. Sorry, this this was an unbelievable <laughs> podcast. So we're going to go ahead and get this one wrapped up. It is late at night. Um, but th- this was an unbelievable podcast because of how much fun I had watching this basketball game. Um, super fun to be back. We will be back later on this week to talk about the Rocket City Classic. Auburn going up to Huntsville to face, um, yeah, to face uh, UNC Asheville. And then they will come home for a big one against USC next Sunday. We'll be back to talk about those as well um if you want to follow us on twitter you can follow us at war eagle hoops or um at gray oldenburg uh thank y'all for listening just uh like this this is about to be a fun basketball team i cannot wait to keep it rolling um dad any final thoughts on this game before we wrap this one up and put it in the rear view mirror to move on yes it's always good to see auburn with a lead put their foot on somebody's throat and not let them back up. We have a problem, not a problem. We have a tendency to let people back into games 
and watching that game the other day, the league kept expanding. Now they cut it to 11 at the beginning of the second half, but it was, we just smashed them. We just buried Always fun. War Eagle. I agree. Awesome. We will be back to discuss that UNC Asheville game later this week. Until then, thank y'all for listening. War Eagle. War Eagle.